When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night, and it is still Listener Submitted Month. This week, we are talking about Children of the Corn, Part 3, Urban Harvest, submitted to us by Joe. So here's the email that Joe sent us. He said, hey guys, I've been listening to the show for over two years now, and I look forward to it every week. It makes my drive home from work and leaves me with a smile. Following the podcast and chatting with you guys on Facebook makes me feel like I'm part of some awesome community, and I've always wanted to email a request for a while. So here it goes. Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. I hope you haven't covered it already because it is a wild time. Thanks for always making me laugh. Your friend Joe, P.S., loves soundtracking and would love to hear you guys discuss one of my personal favorites, Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) First off, Joe, you get some type of award because this is easily the best movie that we've had to watch in a long time for listeners submitted on the fun factor. Yeah. Oh, it was... It was a goddamn blast. It was a lot of fun, and it was even more fun because I, the older brother, I couldn't not picture it as Trey Parker. Like yeah. the entire movie, <laughs> I just pictured Trey Parker playing that character, and it made me enjoy it even more. <laughs> so also, uh, you know, we haven't done a soundtracking in a bit. Maybe that's something that we bring back in 2020. We've just been really busy with a bunch of stuff. I would like to do Dumb and Dumber just for... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's also like those two or three like pseudo reggae songs that are on there like whiny whiny and boom shakalaka oh yeah God, and then, so uh, what is it she's a vegetarian 
Oh, yeah. No, don't um, eat meat, but you shall yeah, like no, the bone. No, likes the bone. Mary Moon. Mary Moon. It's called New Age New Age Girl. It's called Mary Moon. And they also... And it also has that song by Green Jelly, the bear. The bear went over the mountain to see what he could see. Oh, like, green Jelly. Was that was that Green Jelly or were they Green Jello when that song came I'm, out? I'm pretty sure by 94 they were Green Jelly. Yeah, they were, they were, they were Jelly. <laughs> All right, so Scott, do you know what the first thing was that I saw in this movie that made me know that I was in for a good time? The Dimension Films logo? No, Special Effects by Screaming Mad George. Yeah, and I was too. How did I miss that? <laughs> As know. soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. And it shows he didn't he wasn't lazy on this one. Maybe one no. kill. But uh, I will say I will say that not he may have been a little bit lazy because I'm pretty sure that that corn monster at the end is some leftover props from the curse to the bite. Yeah. Yeah. That, that That's actually my only qualm with the entire movie is that the big denouement of the he who walks behind the rose, which looks like shit. But. I can forgive it because the rest of the movie is so ridiculous and awesome. Yeah, and uh, I thought I recognized the kid, the youngest kid in it, and it was because aside from this being his big break, he also had a huge role as kid in Demonic Toys, which we talked about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the one who's like, I'm going to live inside your vagina. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a direct quote, just for listeners that haven't (laughs) seen Demonic Toys. Close enough. So... Right out the gate, I I think that the scene where the corn turns the dead into a scarecrow is better than anything else in any Children of the Corn movie. Oh, yeah. So it's off to a good start right out. Like, as soon as it begins, you're like, all right, this ain't your daddy's Children of the Corn. I'm ready for this. So here, I want to say a little something about Children of the Corn as a series. So I've only seen the original on this one. I don't really, I mean, I've seen clips from the other ones, but haven't really had the desire to, to, to watch them, right? Because the original Children of the Corn is just kids killing people, and they never really get into the whole mythos of... He who walks behind the rose, which is like an antichrist harvest figure kind of it was like I was always about that. You know, like when I first read Children of the Corn, which was before I saw the movie as a kid, because um, I'm a weirdo like that and read a lot of Stephen King. I was like, oh, dude, that is so sick. Like, I want to see he who walks behind the rose because I was seeing like this, you know, fucked up scarecrow that, you know, kind of requires sacrifices and, you know, sinewy body, stuff like that. We don't really get that, but we get kind of close with that first kill in this movie. I mean, I think that the corn monster in this is absolute bullshit, and I don't know what they were thinking and why anyone spent any money to produce that, and I'm actually upset with Screaming Mad George for for um, for not pushing a little harder on that, but I feel like... I mean, like... My, my claymation-loving ass was all about it. <laughs> I just want... I, it didn't look like corn. That's the thing that bothered no. me. It looked, like I said, it looked like some leftover props from from The Curse 2, as well as the claymation alien from Howard the Duck. Like, that's basically what the thing was. Yep, that's exactly what I was getting. And and my my distaste for Howard the Duck knows no bounds. So (laughs) here we are. I will say that the one of the downsides to this movie is that this movie would be even better than it currently is if Eli wasn't such a terrible actor like that kid kid, oh yeah like he hurts every time he talks he hurts the movie yeah but it's okay because so much of this movie makes no sense that you can like you can scott roger it you can scott roger him talking and i didn't like a fool i i didn't Uh, take my own advice 
So did you guys catch the two pseudo celebrity cameos that are literally just extras in this movie? It's a before they were famous type situation. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So one of the followers of Eli is Sharice Theron. No, and, really? and no. One, yeah. And one of the kids playing basketball against the Amish kid is Xander from uh, Buffy. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Two very different levels of celebrity. Yeah. yeah, yeah let's, say, let, let's say that one of them doesn't have a drinking problem and you can guess yeah. which one. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. Because of the time that this was shot and where their celebrity was, it's easier to catch Xander because he looks exactly like he, oh, did, he did around Buffy. that time. Yeah. 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 So you're like, oh, that's Xander from Buffy. Whereas Sharice Theron, I had to Google it to find out where she was in that movie. <laughs> so did did we watch this? We watched this on Prime or Sh- Shutter. What, what did we I watch? watched I, it on a DVD. Yeah, I paid for it <laughs> on Amazon. Okay, I must have paid for it on Amazon t- as well. Um, but and that okay, yes, I did. And I was I always look at the X ray. You know, like the it's basically their shitty IMDb. You know, yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I always check to see. Okay, is there somebody that I know in this? And I know for a fact that Shirley's throne was not in the X ray. She has she has no lines. There would be no reason for them to even remotely. Uh, make I- it. I would argue that there's just as much reason for them to put Shirley's Theron as girl or like female follower 12 as they did in a couple weeks ago. We watched something and I looked at Amityville. the X-ray. It was Amityville and it yeah. was it was uh, Angelina Jolie, girl in car. <laughs> and I didn't see her. I looked. I did not see her. So so the movie starts off. The, the two kids have their dad killed by corn and turned into a scarecrow. Yeah, and, and then, then the, okay. So here's a question: Which one's a better kill, <laughs> this one or Harold in Scary Stories? Oh, Harold for sure. Yeah, but this yeah. one's got some cool gore to it. Yeah. This so this whole movie had like I explained it to someone as like it's a fun movie if you're feeling nostalgic for that like Tales from the Crypt type kill. Like everything could have been in an episode of Tales from the Crypt, kill wise. It's because every kill is um, supposed to be uh, like uh, something that they're doing or something that is integral to their character. Very odd, very odd choice. But I mean, it I, it works. Yeah, yeah it's the so uh, like Screaming Mad George is the entertainment behind this movie because oh, one hundred percent, boring one hundred percent. But I I think I fell in love with um, the woman that tried to light a cigarette. And then the flame shot. In oh mouth. yeah! She, like that was probably my favorite death in the in the whole movie. Dude, that uh, yeah. face melt was so intense yeah. and mean spirited for this movie. What <laughs> what they did right with this movie is that like they they know that this movie is going to be sold on its kills, so they make sure that there is a good kill every couple minutes. Yes, yeah. yeah, they are they are fairly. I mean, there's about thirty minutes, thirty to forty minutes of like the. But other than that, yeah, there's a, there's a kill every few minutes. Oh, and that's what's so funny is that when you see kill compilations that are like, oh, gnarliest kills or like weirdest kills or this is the kill that you need to know from Children of the Corn, Urban Harvest, it's always um, Malcolm when he gets – love- I love Malcolm's decapitation when he gets when his he, whole spine yeah. stretched all the way out. And it By the way, that's absurd. the longest spine in the world. Oh, it's so <laughs> absurd. I love it. That's that's the highlight of the movie for me. I love that kill. Well, but um, that's the one that everybody you know shows. But in my opinion, I, it's not the best. Yeah. I'll t- well, we'll get there in a second. There was a moment that I literally screamed Jesus Christ out loud <laughs> while I was watching it. But before we get to any of that, so the kids are now relocated into Chicago. 
And that's where they meet their new, like, adoptive family. So here's and- the thing about adoption. They... <laughs> They didn't vet these fucking kids before placing them in this adoptive home. No, they it's stepped off like a bus into the house. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we've never met these kids before. They're going to live with us until they're 18. <laughs> so yeah. weird. And that's, and that's where Mr. Porter gives them, you know, his instru- – I'd buy his pizza eating instructional video, honestly, where he's just like – he's like, no, no, no. You take it, you fold it, and you shove it in. <laughs> like, but, you know, you, you – you also are missing the fact that we have a Child's Play 2 reference right before that where uh, he's like, Joshua, please put that down. It's very expensive. Yeah. You know, and like the kid comes to the house, the halfway house, you know, the halfway house, whatever it is. And Child's yeah, Play and the 2. glass falls and yeah, is the noise. Um, also, the Amish kid goes out there and plays basketball and uh you know, for a split second, I thought I was watching the Amish Paradise music video because it seemed like it was straight out of there. <laughs> Dude, how much happier would you have been? Well, okay, let me rephrase this. How much happier on a daily basis would you be if you were watching the Amish Paradise music video? All day, every day. If, you know, if I could live in a music video, it would be the Amish Paradise music video. I'm surprised it wouldn't be a real big fish video. I mean, that would also be fun. Uh, so the one, th- one of the things that's super dated in this movie is the effect of corn reappearing on the stalks. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing is that... The, so my feelings as an Ohioan were very roller coaster for this movie because that first scene where I'm like, this is a waste of good corn, is the last time you see real corn. The rest is shitty fucking... Like when he opens up his his little suitcase and it's just full of plastic corn. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, but then, um, so he, uh, he, there's a later part where you do actually see some real corn, where Mr. Porter, the dad, um, fi- he sees the, the, you know, that herb, the urban harvest, like that, this, this fallow ground that Joshua planted his seed in, which I, I will, you know, you don't cut that, keep that in. Um, <laughs> uh, Joshua, the 12 year old, planted his seed, and in two weeks, they have fully formed corn ready to eat. And the dad takes it off the vine and fucking takes a bite of it like a savage <laughs> no one in the history of eating corn well okay no one in the the last hundred years of eating fucking corn in north america has been like let me chew on some raw corn kernels no it's not good it's awful <laughs> oh honey this is the real deal it's like got <laughs> blood on his gums <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't taste like pure starch at all so I think my favorite person eating corn that made me laugh in this movie is the old homeless man sitting there eating his corn. And it's just like (laughs) he's sitting there eating the corn and then just a piece of like corn stalk grabs him and he screams and it cuts away. And I laughed so hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the funniest thing that that guy did in this movie, though. Oh, dude, when his little like decapitated head is just (laughs) nomming on that dude's arm. <laughs> oh man, there are this so many incredible insane. parts of this movie. This movie is so insane. Um, so I will say that the the death that really fucked me up. It's the mom, isn't it? It's that mom that. So there's the dramatic slow motion fall, which made me laugh. But then she just falls back he, back of her head into that pipe, and I literally screamed Jesus Christ when it happened. Yeah, yeah, I was. I so... didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those. Um, she makes it out because I thought that the kid liked her. 
And then when you kill the fucking mom, because you knew the dad was going to die because he was a prick. But when you kill the, the, the new mom, you're like, oh, okay, everyone gets to die in this movie. And mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of a it was a nice surprise because so few movies, especially from this time period, surprise us because this is yeah. our bread and butter. Yeah, it was. And then like just the water coming out of her mouth oh, and then it cuts back later and it's blood and water mixed together coming out mm-hmm. of her mouth. And, oh, yeah, so- it's, that actually is one of the most gruesome kills I think that we've seen this year. Oh, like, for like sure. 2019. I think that that is, and we've watched some gruesome shit, but like that one is the one that really I think it's because it's so somber after she dies. You just see like that blood and water coming out of the faucet that got stuck in yeah, the back of her head. Because you think that normally it would cut away. You'd see her fall towards the pipe, cut away, and then you're at the funeral scene. But, like, they really linger on it. The only thing that ruins it is the weird zoom in on his little cartoon drawing on his desk. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah, I, I can live with it. There's a few of those shots. There's yeah, a like, few of those he's... shots where it, someone mentions him or looks at him, and it's just like, doom, doom, doom. And it's like, <laughs> just gets closer to his eyeballs. It looks like a fucking... Um, Law and Order SVU type transition. <laughs> well, and then the other big thing that I have with this movie is that um, Marissa's parents, when their parents or Maria, Maria's parents, when their faces just fucking rip open, filled with bugs. Yeah, like, that was a very Halloween three season of the witch. You got to stop making references. I keep scratching <laughs> off double features. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said child's play too i'm like all right well at least i got halloween thoroughly. oh you, you know? were really really okay so this is the thing that everybody <laughs> needs to know is that matt has he's not very good at hiding his emotions um and the fact that the like last two or three times that i've like uh, stolen your 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 concepts for double features and you've been like yeah okay you're you act like it's not a big deal and, but then it's the truth is that you're lying to me and you're lying to <laughs> Well, it's because now at, at this point, I will tell you that I tend to have about two or three double features written down because I expect, that you, I expect that you're either going to steal them when it comes time or just name drop them in the middle. <laughs> casually name drop them. <laughs> it's because I have no feelings. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it was like Halloween 3, the perfect double feature for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, we get to, you know, this is when the whole, I mean, I wrote down fuck yes to the cord monster. I get that Scott's a fuck no to the cord monster. <laughs> but can we both appreciate that it does turn into like carry to level of massacre in the middle of the cord? Oh, for yeah, a it's nuts. <laughs> like, it is straight everybody. But the funny thing is because people are dying, getting eaten or they're getting eviscerated when the people that get eaten, they well, I guess only one person gets eaten, Maria, and he cuts her out. It is so gooey that I should have known that it was Scream Mad George because, yeah. like, it is – he used literally five-gallon buckets of goo oh, yeah. on I mean, each scene. I mean, we talked about it last week with pieces, but, like, just the way that blood is spraying every which way every and time that someone gets sense. killed. It yeah, it makes make no sense. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I think really dates this movie is uh, – the fireball CGI. Well, there are two of them, right? Yeah. There's the woman who gets her face melted off. And that's like kind of, I, I thought that, that was funny and I laughed when that happens. But um, I also was a bit disappointed because the actual face melting is a good practical effect that is kind of lost within that shitty 1993 CGI. Yeah. And it, it's good. It, it ebbs and flows, but all in all, this movie 
like I'm glad that someone made me watch this movie because this is a movie that I definitely would not have watched on my own. Oh, hell no. no, I wouldn't have either. Absolutely not. Like, so, you know, people who are listening and wondering, hmm, why don't they pick my movies? Send us more movies like this. Yeah, I feel like we said this um, last time we did Listener Submitted Month. What the fuck was the movie that we did that we were like, yeah, send us more like this. Like, I, I, I don't remember. But in any case, there's always one. And uh, but but then we also, you know, I always probably strong arm you guys into watching something that's a total piece of shit. So it, it evens out. But here's also a little wizard behind the curtain as far as people suggesting this movie is that uh, this wasn't just suggested by one person. We picked it and then we got a late submission from I want to say Thomas, right? That well, said- Th- Thomas suggested it. But then also what was happening was that Kyle has been doing that thing on Instagram where he's been re-watching movie, or he's been watching movies that he's owned but never got around to watching. Mm-hmm. And he messaged me directly and was like, yo, dude, if you haven't done an episode <laughs> on Children of the Corn 3, I just watched this shit and it is fucking wild. Yeah, this is <laughs> such an HMN movie. Like, it's not... <laughs> it has all the hallmarks of the stuff that we crave, but it also is not as much re- there's not as much rewatch potential for it like a full rewatch as say the kindred or slumber party massacre 2 stuff that really gets my juices flowing my my goo going i guess yeah um, but it definitely wasn't a one and done for me like i will revisit this movie at some point in my life sure i i just feel like i'll scott roger it you know like I, i'll i'll be like yeah this is good but i don't really care about anything except for the kills yeah. whereas something like slumber party massacre 2 you care about all of it because it's all just insane. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. So I have a couple things um, that I have that we kind of uh, skipped over. Um, there's a rap with a banjo riff in that pickup b-ball game where Eli and uh, Joshua, I, I think. Well, oh, it's, Eli it's, is the kid. Joshua's his older brother, right? Yeah, it's okay. it's showing the two cultures coming together, Scott. That's what's happening. There. It it's is symbolic. It does not age well. All right, at all. <laughs> and then um, I, I, there's, oh man, um, the, I don't know why I wrote this down, but I think that I wrote this down thinking it'd be funny that I forgot the context. But uh, there's there's also a line where um, your Bible is no match for mine, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, that was a good line. Uh, but uh, but that's when the priest who why is the uh teacher a priest? Because it's not a Christian, it's not a Catholic school, right? I don't I don't know. I assumed it was. I thought so too, but none of the kids are wearing uniforms and they don't I mean, yeah, they go into chapel, but there's only one teacher who's a priest. Maybe it was just low production value, but Yeah, I was gonna say low I would say that their goal was that it was a Catholic school. That's it. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing I do really like about his death, but is also absolutely ridiculous, is that he is, you know, an inversion. He's like upside down crucifixion. Eli, the kid, the younger one, leaves him there. And then um, I guess Joshua and uh, Malcolm or Maria, I can't remember. They they find the priest and he's like, he, you know, he's either dead or uh, dies in their arms. I don't know. Uh, but but he there's no he's no longer upside down crucified and he's just there's no damage to him he just kind of dies which i was like wait did that actually happen or was that all in his head so uh, that was odd i don't know why this keeps coming back when the mom is putting clothes on the older son she's like i fucking him 
I mean, well, she he ain't blood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that's how you're supposed to adopt kids. <laughs> Look, you saw what her husband's like. I get it. I, she's like, he'll be 18 next year. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshawn's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. All right, so double features. How about you guys go first and Scott's already taken most of them. I'm gonna go lazy. Children of the Damned. Which one though? The you mean uh, Village of the Damned? No, Children of the Damned. It was a movie released in 1997. All right. What? No, is this a some lie. Of... Village uh... of the Damned from <laughs> 19- <laughs> was it the 1960s, the black and white one? Yeah, yeah that's Village yeah, of the yeah. Damned. Yeah. Oh my Children God. of the Damned may have been the Simpsons name of the show, or, yeah. of the movie when they <laughs> did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The or some horror black movie. metal band, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I meant Village. All right, Scott? Uh, I'm going really literal. Um, I am going to pair this with Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth because I think that Hellraiser 3 is the best Hellraiser as far as rewatchability for, for my taste because it's absolutely absurd. It's not a good film, but it just looks so fun. And I think that that would be a really good time. Also, right. I think that they might both be from the same year. No, but they're damn close. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh, and then I will uh, just take one of the many that Scott stole from me <laughs> earlier. Uh, and I'll just say Halloween 3. I think Halloween 3 is a good... I, I would absolutely watch both of these in late October. Um, so, now we're past all that. Go see this movie. Let's talk about some other things that we've seen that we highly recommend. Uh, I'm going to go first on this one just because I've got two quick ones to knock through that are at the time that we're recording in theaters... If they'll still be in theaters at this point in September, who knows? Uh, but I saw two movies that both made it very quickly into my top 10 of the year. Um, one of them actually became my number one of the year. Uh, so I saw Blinded by the Light, which uh, is a film based on a true story about a Pakistani kid growing up in London um, at the peak of a neo-Nazi uh, resurgence. Um, and how he finds solace in the music of Bruce Springsteen to make him believe in himself and chase his dreams and fight for what he believes in and, and stand up for his rights as a Pakistani. Um, what I liked about this movie is even though I'm kind of like mixed bag on Bruce Springsteen, the movie really does capture that magical moment in your childhood when you hear music that speaks to you for the first time when it's not just your parents music but something where you're like oh this feels like it was written distinctly for me uh so that that was really magical but the movie that skyrocketed to my number one was the peanut butter falcon um which i had heard nothing about and then a co-worker was like yo you should see peanut butter falcon this week it's supposed to be great and it was i went in completely blind not knowing anything about the movie 
and it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, honestly. Uh, it's starring Shia LaBeouf, uh, Dakota Johnson, and Christian Hayden, uh, Thomas Hayden Church. And the story behind the scenes is that the writers of the movie befriended a kid with Down syndrome who wanted to be an actor, but no one would cast him because he had Down syndrome. So they wrote a movie specifically for him. Um, and it's a retelling of like Tom and Huck, but with Shia LaBeouf playing this, you know, loner with no family and uh, the the kid with Down syndrome plays a kid who's obsessed with wrestling. He escapes from the house that he's at to chase down his dreams of becoming a wrestler and meets up with Shia LaBeouf and they go on a, an adventure together to try to get to the wrestling school. Um and it's just very sweet. It's very charming. It's very funny. Uh, it just has a very storybook style to it that I highly recommend. Nice. Yeah. I have no desire to watch it because I don't want to cry, but yeah. I'm glad oh, that you, you enjoyed your time. Oh, you will. You, I will say this one line that made me laugh was uh, they're trying to get him to wrestle as a heel. And they say, when you get in that ring, you say the meanest, most awful thing you can imagine to the guy in that ring. <laughs> And he's like, okay. And he walks in. He's like, hey, you, you're not invited to my birthday party. And like, <laughs> and I was like, this is adorable. Like, it's just so cute. Uh, all right, Brian or Scott, go ahead. Um, me and Jade binge watched season two of Mindhunter. And it was just as great as season one. And I love it so much. And if you haven't watched the show, watch it. I've only nice. heard good things, not just from you, but uh, just in general. Mm-hmm. And B- Brian, completely unrelated, but have you heard any of the music by Michael Scott, but Scott with a dollar sign? I have not. It's someone just does 90s, like late 90s or early 2000s <laughs> pop punk songs, but all of the lyrics are just quotes from Michael Scott. On the <laughs> <office>. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, so... I got one for you guys. Right. Trapped in. Um, I, I know for a fact Brian has not seen, um, but maybe Matt has. Um, Shazam. Yes. <laughs> oh man, Megan and I watched that. Well, so this is this is. Um, it's how, the best DC movie possibly ever, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, I liked it better than Wonder Woman, and that's saying a lot because I fucking loved Wonder Woman. Um, so this is how this came to be. I was I woke up one day and I was like. I really want to watch Shazam. I wonder if it's on VOD. I checked and it wasn't yet. Um, So I just kind of put that on the back burner. Literally that same day, like that night after I got home from work, Megan asks me out of the blue, hey, do you want to watch Shazam? I'm like, what? Are you are you are you fucking with me? Because she doesn't like superhero movies. Um, So. She was like, yeah, I love Zachary Levi because he's in uh, he was in season two of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is one of our favorite shows. And she must know him from some other stuff, too. And she was like, it looks really cute. And so um, we rented it and laughed the entire time. It was so fun and funny. And it didn't really it, it could have been maybe 15 minutes shorter. And I wasn't super stoked on what they set up for the next Shazam as like the big bad. But. I'm okay with it because I think that it's going to bring in um, Black Adam. and Yeah. Matt, so you saw it, right? So I will say two things. One, I do like the setup just because it's 
it says so much about where we are with comic book movies that we can go that absurd for like the next villain. Um, oh yeah, Mister Mind is like the yeah. The, the, okay, so this is the thing: is that they would never have been able to do that without Marvel picking oh, some obscure shit. But I think that none of the bad guys that Marvel have has picked have been quite as ridiculous as a hyper intelligent talking caterpillar. <laughs> Yeah, like like that's I'm like, I'm excited just to see where they go with that. Uh, When Shazam came out, the thing that I remembered was everyone being like, finally, a superhero movie that the whole family can watch. And I was like, there's people getting their heads ripped off by hell demons in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's also it's fun. You know, they're getting their heads ripped off, but it's not there's no blood. As long as there's no titties, kids can watch it. That is true. (laughs) But yeah, no, it's a blast. It's it's very um, I think it might actually I haven't looked at my list in a bit but if it's not it might not be in my top 10 anymore but it was hanging in there for a while because it was just a purely fun experience yeah and that's hard because i i had not really thought about whether it would be in my top 10 or not um and it but it was such an enjoyable film it just seems so popcorn that i would have a hard time putting it in my top 10 but then again what's what why do we watch film you know yeah that's the thing I, I stopped when I do the list for Geekscape each year, I stopped doing best films of the year and do favorite films of the year, because for me, it's like the best films of the year are going to be the ones that get those Oscar nominees most of the time They're And they're good movies. And some, one or two of them will usually make it into my top 10. But at the end of the day, the movies that are my absolute favorites are the ones that like I just want to keep going back and watching again and again and again. And most of the time, heavy dramas are not things that I want to revisit that much. <laughs> Yeah, I want to well, smile and laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, but also, I I guess that there, what I'm getting at is that there's a thin line between wanting to smile and laugh, and also wanting there to be a little bit of meat on the bone, right? Yeah, you know, like yeah. well, because my favorite horror movies from last year were, I mean, I wouldn't put Hereditary as my favorite. I would say it was the best that I saw because it was so visceral. But it's a drama. I said yeah. that Mom and Dad was my favorite because Mom and Dad had a lot of comedy but it was also like you said it's something you can go back and watch a bunch of times and it's just it's entertainment but it doesn't feel quite as hollow as shazam did and that might just be my age yeah well and i think that's too old well i think that's the thing i find that a lot of times the movies that end up being the ones that i really truly love year after year after year are the ones that really make me laugh really make me smile but still have just enough of that drama where I feel like I connect with the source material. And that's the one thing that does yeah. hurt Shazam is that it's, I'm not connecting with Shazam. I'm just having well, a good time. 14. Watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if I was 14, when that came out, that shit would be my life. Shazam, like I was like, this movie rules. His best friend is awesome. Like, oh yeah. Friend- oh, and that's, that's, uh, is he Eddie in, um, in, in it? Which in character? It. Yeah. 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 He's, he's Eddie. I'm pretty sure. Eddie spaghetti. Uh, but yeah, he, he, uh, I mean, and he's got a lot of, uh, night of the creeps vibes. You know what I mean? The, the, um, yeah, the best friend from there, who's also like wisecracking and, and has a disability when it comes to his legs. So like, yeah. And I, you know, the, I, I think that that's, let's like contrast how they dealt with that in Shazam versus how they dealt with that in child's play. Yeah. You know, like they, they did a really great job in Shazam of, of having, the best friend's disability be kind of like a an important plot point, uh, you yeah. know, a, a character a character piece, 
and yeah, it means nothing. Play, it's like, just there for the Bluetooth. It. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only there for Chucky talking directly to him in the Bluetooth. That's the only uh. purpose for his hearing issue. Uh, but yes, so that was Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest from 1995. Uh, submit it to us by Joe. Joe, you, thank you. You you win the the golden toilet of of the September pick. <laughs> um, the movie we'd most want to flush again. Uh, so you can always send us your movie picks at hmnpodcast at gmail.com. But listener submitted week month is not over just yet. We have one more episode and it was recorded live at the Creature Feature Weekend. Brian wasn't there, but our friend Joshua was there. It's going to be a good time. Uh, if you follow us on our Facebook, you already know what movie we talked about. So, yeah, for those who don't follow us on Facebook, it'll still be a surprise to y'all. Uh, but join us on all of our social media at HMN Podcast and our website, HMNPodcast.com. And you can always donate to our Patreon at Patreon.com backslash HMN Podcast. I'm stumbling over my words. All right. Bye. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.